Welcome to Simpler Bible, a daily journey to biblical understanding. Welcome back. Today, we dive into the book of Joshua. Let me give you just a brief rundown of the book of Joshua. Joshua has just taken over the mantle from Moses, and Moses has died. We left him in Deuteronomy dead, and they had mourned for the people for 30 days. You might remember that the book of Deuteronomy began on the first day of the 11th month of the 40th year. And then uh, this is now kind of, if you will, January 1st. This is a couple of months later. And the people are going to go into the promised land here in a few days. Uh, so anyway, the people here, they're, the, everything's been handed over to Joshua. He's leading the people now. And here's what we've got so far. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to withstand you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And then that's referenced for us again in Hebrews 13, 5. Be strong and courageous. We remember seeing that a couple of days ago. And he said, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law of Mo all that the law Wow, being careful to do all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. So there's that again. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. Now, meditate on the law of the Lord day and night, so that you can do all that is written in it. That reminds me always of Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1 begins this way, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of water. And so uh, we have here in Joshua 1.8 and then also in Psalm 1.3, blessed is the man who meditates, Joshua, meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. Now, should we, you and I, know the scripture? Yes, uh, we should know the scripture because it reveals to us the covenant of God. It reveals to us the purpose of Christ. It reveals to us re the redemptive work of God. But be careful uh, what's being encouraged by the psalmist and what's being encouraged by God to Joshua here is specifically the law of Moses. That's what's in view here. And so keep that in mind, okay? This is old covenant kind of language. And he says in verse 8, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? I don't know if Joshua was just a really timid person or what, but he has to keep being reminded by God to be strong and courageous. He said, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp, command the people, prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word that the Moses... That Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord is God, providing you a place to rest, and he will give you this land. So you might not remember this, but the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, what they wanted to do is, if you're looking at the map in the back of your Bible, here's the Jordan River, here's Israel. These, these two and a half tribes wanted to stay on the east side of the Jordan. They found a lot of pasture land there, and they had asked Moses if they could stay on the east side of the Jordan. And Moses said, sure, so long as you accompany your brothers into the promised land and help bring the promised land into their possession. And so they had decided that they would do that. 
But you'll notice here he says in verse 13, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest. And then he says this uh, in verse 14, your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but all the men of valor among you shall pass over arm before your brothers until the Lord gives rest to your brothers. Now, we've seen this before, this idea of rest that we have here in verses 13 and 14. And we've seen it in Hebrews 4 and Psalm 95. We talked about that a little bit when we talked about Sabbath last month. And uh, the, the thing about it is that this idea of rest, remember that in Hebrews it says, if Joshua had actually given the people rest, David wouldn't have wrote of, written of another day after that in Psalm 95. And so the rest here, this is a foreshadowing of the rest that we have in Christ. So the people, the tribes, the two tribes, they answered Joshua. They said in verse 16, all that you have commanded, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. We're going to find out later that that's not actually true. And then it says in verse 17, just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. I think that's really funny. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, we'll also obey you. And it sounds really great, unless you remember that they hardly ever obeyed Moses. So it's kind of, it sounds good. It sounds nice, but come on, man. They haven't obeyed Moses for 40 years. They've grumbled and complained and whined and wanted to kill him and wanted to go back to Egypt. And so they're like, just like we obeyed Moses, we'll obey you. And I wonder if Joshua, when he heard that, didn't go, oh, crud, <laughs> like this is going to be really bad. So anyway, he says, uh, they say, the, these two and a half tribes, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and disobeys your word, whatever you command him shall be put to death. And then the tribes say to J uh, Joshua, only be strong and courageous. Now look at chapter two. Chapter two introduces us to Rahab. Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. We'll see her mentioned in Matthew 1. She's also a picture of a person of faith. We'll see that in James 2. But Rahab is introduced to us here in Joshua 2, beginning in verse 1. Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittim as spies, saying, Go and view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and they came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. And it was told to the king of Jericho, Behold, men of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho said to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who entered your house, for they have come to spy out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. So she's lying because she knows exactly where they're coming from. And, and uh, we remember from Exodus 1, the, the Hebrew midwives lied to Pharaoh when Pharaoh was seeking to put to death all the babies, all the Hebrew male babies. And so here's a place where she's lying to protect these two men. When the gate was about to be closed, verse 5 of chapter 2, when the gate was about to be closed at dark, the men went out. I don't know where the men went. So again, a lie because she has them hidden on her roof. Pursue them quickly, she says, and you will overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with stalks of flax that she had laid in order on the roof. So the men pursued after the two spies on the way to Jordan as far as the fords, and the gate was shut as soon as the pursuers had gone out. Before the men lay down, she had gone up to on the roof. So this is this is before there's a knock on her door. This is before the king's men come to Rahab's house and say, where are the men? She's hiding them because she knows that there's a search being made for them in the city. And as she's hiding them, this is what she says. I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you in fear. For we have heard how the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Red Sea. That was 40 years ago. And uh, before you, when you came out of Egypt and all the things that you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And that's been in more recent time. That's been in the last year or so. 
she says this to him in verse 11, as soon as we heard it, as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. And listen to why. For the Lord your God, he is God in heavens above and on the earth beneath. So this is what makes Rahab a woman of faith. She's like, look, we trembled. Our people here in Jericho were fearful because we know, I know, she says, that the Lord your God he is the God of heavens and the God of the earth beneath. And so Rahab is a woman of faith. We see that in James 2. We see that she knows and believes in the things of God. We see that she's included in the lineage of Christ. Very important person here. And then she says this in verse 12. Now then, please swear by me or swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you will also deal kindly with my father's house and give me a sure sign that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. And the men said to her, our life for yours, even to death. If you do not tell this business of ours, then when the Lord gives us this land, we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Then she let them down by a rope through her window, for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. And she said to them, go into the hills or the pursuers will encounter you and hide there for three days. We'll come back to that later until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward, you may go your way. The men said to her, we will, build, we will be guiltless with respect to this oath of yours that you have made us to swear. Behold, when we come into the land, you shall tie this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And you, and you shall gather into your house your father and your mother, your brothers and all your father's household. And if anyone goes out of the doors of your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head and we will be guiltless. But if a hand is laid on anyone who is with you in the house, his blood should be on our head. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be made guiltless with respect to your oath that you have made us swear. She said, according to all your words, so be it. And then she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in her window. So a couple of things I want you to catch from this. Uh, she has told these two guys, go and hide for three days. They're going to search for you for three days. How that's the pattern or how she knows that, we don't know. But she goes, they're going to search for you for three days. So go hide for three days. And then in three days, you can come back. And she goes, just promise that when you come back, you won't kill me or my family. And they give her a scarlet cord and they say, put this in the window. And if you'll put this in the window, we'll see the scarlet cord in the window. And everyone who is in your household will be saved. But anyone who goes out of the doors of your household when we come and attack, their blood's on their own heads. And then they also say, and if we lay a hand against anyone who's in your house with the scarlet cord in the window, then we're guilty of blood. And so they leave and you'd think she goes, okay, I've at least got three days, right? I've got a few days. Um, but the Bible says that she ties the scarlet cord in the window. She puts it in the window immediately. And what's really interesting about this is they do hide for three days and then they take three days to kind of fill in Joshua and the whole camp of everything that's going on. And then a few days after that, the people cross into the promised land. And then after that, they get circumcised and they rest for three days. And then after that, they have the Passover. And then after that, they have the Passover celebration, which is a seven day feast. It, and then they're going to march around Jericho for seven days before it falls. It's going to be like four weeks before they come back into the city. Four weeks. So she's thinking, man, it's just going to be a couple of days. But she ties the scarlet cord in the window. She gets her family into her household and they're ready. Now, here's what's beautiful about this. And I need you to hear this. All right. So we have Moses who represents the law. And that's Moselle. So let's try it again. Moses who represents the law. And then we have Joshua and we'll get to him in just a second. But the law of Moses, we talk about the law of Moses a lot. And Moses is not the one that leads the people into the promised land. We, we know from uh, talking about the Sabbath last month, we know that 
that the promised land is a picture of salvation. It's a picture of coming into salvation. And we know that in Hebrews, the author says they didn't enter into the rest of God because they didn't believe. And so you need to believe so that you can enter into the rest of God. And that the context there is salvation in Christ. But Moses doesn't lead the people into the promised land. Why? Because none of us can be saved by works of the law. And then Moses takes Hosea, renames him Joshua, and Joshua is the name Yeshua, which means God is salvation or God saves. That's what that means. God saves. And what's beautiful about that is Yeshua is the exact same name as Jesus. It's Joshua and Jesus, same name. And it's not Moses and the law that lead the people into the promised land. It's Joshua, Yeshua, God is salvation that leads the people into the promised land. There's this beautiful picture here of, of what Christ does and what Christ accomplishes. But the picture is even more profound than that. So in, in this story here in chapter 2, we see that two spies were sent in to check out the land. Now, I, I think this is me, and so take it with a grain of salt, I think. Uh, that we see this same picture paralleled in Revelation 11, where the two witnesses come and testify right before Christ returns. In Revelation 11, these two witnesses come and proclaim to all the earth that, that who God is and that Christ is coming, and the people ultimately put these two uh, servants to death, but then they're raised from the dead and they testify to all of God's power. But here's what's beautiful. Rahab does not know when Joshua is coming with his army. She just knows that he's bringing judgment. That's what she knows. And these two men give her an out, give her a way to be saved from the coming judgment of Joshua and his army. And it's this scarlet cord, this red cord. And if she ties it in the window, when they come back, when, when Joshua comes back with his army, then she'll be spared as will everybody who's in her house under the covering of that scarlet cord. So if you don't see the picture already, let me, let me explain it to you. Jesus, Yeshua, God of salvation, is pictured by Joshua. And one day Jesus is coming back with his army, Revelation chapter 19. He comes on a white horse with a white robe dipped in blood upon his thigh, king of kings, lord of lords, out of his mouth, uh, a double-edged sword in his hand, a rod of iron to rule the nations. With the host of heaven at his heels, he's coming one day. He will be preceded in his coming one day by the two witnesses. And he will, comes to bring judgment on the earth uh, and, and those who are under the covering of his blood will not receive that judgment. And, and here's what's beautiful. Rahab is spared and then is included in the lineage of Christ. And we who are, are spared because of the covering of the blood of Jesus, when Christ comes with his armies, we're included in his lineage. We are part of the family of Jesus. And so I adore this story of Rahab because I, I love how it pictures for us uh, revelation and the return of Jesus and the inclusion that those who are under the covering of his blood have in the family of God. And so I love it. And I just think it's amazing. Let's finish the story here really quickly. She immediately ties the scarlet cord in the window. And then Joshua 2, 22, the two, the two spies departed and went into the hills and remained there three days until their pursuers had returned. The pursuers searched all along the way and found nothing. And then the two men returned. They came down from the hills and passed over and came to Joshua and the sons of Nun and told them all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, truly the Lord has given all of this land into our hands and also all of the inhabitants of the land melt away because of us. And so I also think it's interesting. I'll just point this out. I don't know if this is coincidental or not. When Moses sent in the 12 spies back in Numbers 13, 
And so in Numbers 13, Moses sent in the, the 12 spies and 10 spies came back saying, we can't go into the land. It's too big. It's too tough. The people there are mean. Joshua and Caleb were the two who said, no, we can go in. God has given it to us. So Joshua sends in two spies. I'm wondering if he was like, look, we sent in too many last time. And it was just a bad thing when 10 people came out. So he sends in two. Maybe that's just a coincidence, but I've always found that funny that Joshua's like, uh, how about we just send in two guys? But I also think that he sends in two guys because I do think it's a picture of Revelation and what we see there. So super cool stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be in Joshua 3 and 4. So if you want to read ahead and be prepared for that, Joshua 3 and 4, and we'll see you then. Bye. Thank you so much for joining with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you wanna go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.